welcome to RPG Pals. This is part two, part one of the collection, because I like to make things more complicated than they should be. My name is <laughs> Gina Dazer. My pronouns are they, them. I'll be playing your games coordinator for this particular session, and I would love it if we could go down the list and people could say, there, you know how to do this, your name, your pronouns, what character you're playing, and maybe your favorite fruit. Let's mix it up a little bit. It's been a while. Our favorite fruit, not the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> okay, just try. <laughs> you have to pick one. You can't do both. Mm-hmm. Hi, my name is Luke. I use he, him, and sometimes they, them, if I'm feeling a bit spicy. And I'm playing Irving Irv Biscoff, who you might also know as the pulp writer T.W. Thimbleton, but that's a secret. And and my favorite fruit is pineapple, and my new name is Larry. I am Sam. I regret being so enthusiastic uh, with Luke about my fandom for the Beastie Boys, uh, encouraging them to get into what I think is a real crowning achievement in their career, uh, Hot Sauce Community Part 2. I use they, them pronouns. I am playing as... Uh, dust tumble pod scrapyard owner favorite fruit uh my favorite fruit is a strawberry that you've had soaking in in sugar and juices overnight muddle it muddle i'm eric aka rhythm bastard and i am playing jack mcharden all of us are he him and uh, my favorite fruit's a banana very versatile yeah yeah you do a lot with it Madison? Uh, hi, I'm Madison. She, her. I am playing Dr. Birdie, healer potion master. They, them. Uh, and my favorite fruit, I think I have to go with pomegranates. I'm really feeling pomegranates right now. Uh, I I realize I never, I don't understand my fruit. Uh, I like most, except cranberries, which are vile. But that's not a favorite. That's it's what I love to hate. It's also GM's yeah. discretion. It's the one, ex- <laughs> one exception. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see. See, I use you all to set up a rhythm, and then I broke it. Exactly, exactly. That's what we do here. <laughs> uh, excellent. So we are going to get into it? How do we play games? I don't know. What game are we playing? Oh, gosh. We're playing Meaty Bones. We're playing Meaty Bones, specifically the fantasy genre version of Meaty Bones. Meaty Bones is a uh, high improv, low dice rolls game. It's quite easy. You have heart, mind, strength, ingenuity. You got some health. You got some kits. You got some plot points. You got some stuff. You got some skills. And everyone can change the world as big as they want one time as long as they don't forget to use it for the end of the game Ooh. yes all of our adventurers are such things as running through a dungeon hallway the ground is shaking behind you your pursuers have not mechanically injured you but narratively as they've been chasing you for the last hour through the twisting tunnels through the pit traps and dart traps and gigantic ball traps And you have just managed to twist your way through a secret door that hopefully they don't know about and push the right sequence of runes as it slowly closes. And as it settles, darkness, dust, sweat, heavy breathing, as the clatter of footsteps muffled by the thick stone pass by the door. And you wait, you breathe in and out, slowly calming yourself as much as you can. You turn It's a completely black hallway. What do you do? Anybody got a light? If you give me a moment and Dr. Birdie, like having memorized their their placement of all their ingredients of of potions and stuff like that on their on their belt, their bandolier of of ingredients that they have on their 
other person uh, mixes up a quick potion that in in its small bottle creates a bit of a, a light. I, I think at a point while you're mixing this, Irv has pulled out their like dragon sack pistol, which kind of functions as a lighter if they just use a bit of the juice in it. <laughs> yeah. So while you're you're like oh, you're trying to mix ingredients in the dark, and this this little like <laughs> oh thank you perfect, <laughs> and I continue mixing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to focus in on <laughs> potions. But oh, oh, well, I suppose that makes two lights then. And you have a, a small vial that's like a... Glow stick. Yeah. I, I was trying to like think of a like an illuminated rod. <laughs> Fully. It's glow stick. Um, we had a, a reference point <laughs> for liquid. <laughs> if you had in a glowing liquid in a vial of some kind. Mm. Like a dark yeah. saber, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, we all know those. Yes, uh-huh. the, the dark you have to defeat so anyways previous yeah these uh these two points of light one uh dragon flame and one alchemical light up you realize the hallway uh stretches down and there's stairs about 20 feet of how do you the like 10 feet big stones abandoned there's dust and cobwebs uh not like a suspiciously large amount of cobwebs just to make sure that's clear mm-hmm. and it is as y'all's go you all know what you're here for, and you all know who sent you. You only have a certain amount of time to get it back. <gasps> all right, Jack is going to use one of the lights to take a quick peek at his map, mm-hmm. just in case there's any, um, you know, like twists or turns up ahead, so he kind of knows which way to go and can navigate better, and then takes point to lead the group through the cave. Excellent. You you take a look at your map, and it is it's hand-drawn. It's what you've, you may have had a, a nicer version, but this is one of the secret tunnels. You had to add these in yourself. Okay. Uh, and it's it's hard to make marks, but I think using that, you have a pretty good idea of where to go, at least a little bit. You used this tunnel before to like sort of access a, a campsite, a room that was disused, uh, an old perhaps bedroom suite or some kind, and didn't really explore past because you had places to go, people to find, right. and or things, things to find. You make your way down this tunnel and it is this it almost feels like rough hoon stone, but then every once in a while you, I mean, rough hoon stone, that's a, that's a drink. <laughs> you realize that they are gigantic tiles set into the floor and more ornate ones in the walls as you carry on going down some stairs. The whole, the world sort of shudders briefly for a couple of seconds and then settles again, dust falling from cracked stones in the ceiling. You get to that room that you had previously set up camp. Remnants of a campfire safely put out. Remember the campfire burning. Maybe uh, a couple snacks stored here in case you had to come back. But this is as far as your map goes. This is one of the um, say more discreet rooms that was used in this citadel. That's where you are. Mm-hmm. Each of you can ask one question about the situation. You're in a room of safety. Uh, this this room we're occupying, uh, does it appear to be used by someone of status? Kind of. If you thought of it in terms of a kingly court, one of his high advisors' secret meeting place, mm-hmm. or perhaps <laughs> the king themselves, depending on the scenario, would <laughs> make use of this room. It is incredibly beautifully carved, ornate, like reliefs on the walls but it is also more simple there aren't any big columns it's maybe mathematically 40 by 40 but like a couple of half walls here and there discreet toilet mm-hmm. i also imagine that like the 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 fire we had put out was previously set using like 
some busted up for some furniture that we busted up not mm. necessarily yeah. was busted yeah. up when we got there it was nicer before you got here the first time mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. i have a question mm-hmm. those things that were chasing us how many legs did they have well it depends on what you think of as a leg if something right. can hold a sword is it a leg mm. let's say more than your average banker fair enough with mm. some prehensile legs mm. or limbs are all legs pre yes prehensile limbs? <laughs> you know they were of a sentient nature. Yes. They were not creatures. They were folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of exits are there in the, the, the Citadel? Currently, that you know of, there were some buildings on the surface that had occasional things down to the root cellar, secret doors. There were things in the sort of at one far end of the citadel that you're in had a gigantic sort of like square building with a couple of round uh, side houses on the side uh, that went down to the core of the building. But that was, um, that's what you heard. You didn't get through there yourselves because that had been much more securely guarded uh, than the entranceway you took, which was sort of near the the middle of the citadel, uh, down one of the secret, um, one of the more discreet cellar entranceways. Okay. Madison? Mm-hmm. Trying to think of, citadels are, are typically like, they're usually like, like, and you can ask about where you are oh, okay. or anything yeah. at all. Then I suppose the, the, the question of the hour is where, where exactly are we in terms of like, are we in f- like friendly lands under a city that we know of or is this some mm-hmm. place totally foreign to us like what kind of like that kind of thing okay i think that's the right enough question to say you are in a place you're in a citadel that is buried not buried half buried in a verdant damp hostile land and you have been sent here to collect an artifact by a very wealthy, very influential collector who you worked with before, who thinks that this piece might be the pinnacle of their collection. The sort of things we risk for cash. Yes. Very wealthy. Mm. Wealthy enough to fund my research for a while. Absolutely. Kind of wealth that would make you spend a bunch of money on Funko Pops. Mm. <laughs> or like those big, I'm trying to think the most ostentatious like thing, like acrylic figures that covered mm. in like bedazzled gems. It's enough money that you buy a candy room that will not actually last yes. forever and will go bad very quickly. Yeah, it's it's candy mm. room money. Mm. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not just that they have a lot of money, it's that they have enough money to do silly shit with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, silly shit and not have any consequences in the end. Yeah, the cr- yeah. crazy money. Yeah. All right, so it's worth it, if you're into money at least. <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. Which I am. It's a bit of the, this is the one last job we maybe need to take. Yeah. Not necessarily we don't have to work anymore. It's just we have no financial need to work anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At least for at least a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Longer if you're more frugal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But you're in this room. You're in, um, you see the remnants of the light. It's not been too long since you've uh, rested. You're not exhausted or anything. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been running a lot. Enough kind of running for sitting and and taking a quick breather, but we're not done yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm stowing another candle. Like, I already took one candle. uh, What's a candle holder? Candelabra? Candlestick. Candlestick, yeah, just a single candlestick. Mm-hmm. Ornate. And now that we're back in this room, I'm taking its matching. Yeah. Second. <laughs> there was one next to the door, mm-hmm. and you took that one. 
Now you take it the second one. Refreshing your candle stores. Yeah. <laughs> Look, these it's made of good metal. But the, you melt this down, you can press it into most anything you want. Computer. I mean, I, I, I kind of forgot to do this before, and Irv makes a quick series of hand gestures, touches the candlestick, and at first Dust is the only person who sees that it is now glowing and casting light, but it has been enchanted with the spell of shattered light, so anyone who is touching the item, or is touching the person touching the item, can see this light. A third source of light. You extinguish your dragon sack pistol. It's getting a little warm at the end. Yeah, and it if it goes too long, it starts to smell like burnt meat. Yeah. Which isn't bad, but... So, well, I, I didn't sign up to be a lantern holder, so uh, here you go. And dust <laughs> d- gives it gives the glow. I, I want that back. The, the, the candlestick, or...? No, just the candlestick, when we're leaving. Okay. I, I mean, if if we leave, I will return it to you. There's a low rumble. Uh, Jack consults his map again to see where the, the, the next artifact, or I guess where to go next for the artifact that we're looking for. Your well son of a bitch map? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it was named, uh, it's not called well son of a bitch. I'm just son like, it's like skills in uh-huh. a video game, like Dead by Daylight. It's like, well, son of a bitch points to the map so you found this room again because when you were running for your life it led back to this room because somebody in your party wanted that other lightning stick no (laughs) i i wish i had before i wish i had grabbed them both Uh, i guess i was still thinking about it yeah (laughs) now that that is in their inventory it is mm-hmm. marked off the list. There is a a shuffling from what you might think would be under the map, but it isn't as the ink like shifts around. Uh, hand scrawled once again, and it, it is just, just a quick flash of like zooming, zoomed out too far, and then zooming back in. You have another path. You go. Okay. You head off. You leave the room. Yeah. Suppose we all follow after him. Yeah. I mean, at least the two of us need to go so he doesn't die. Mm-hmm. If he dies, we could use his body for something. Would you like to make the first roll of the game, Eric? I would love to. To see what, just what's that map leading to? Like, what is that old map going to take you to? Yeah, is it going to take me to one of the crown pieces? Do I, can I combine stuff with other stuff to yeah. sell to the merchant? <laughs> is the merchant there? Is he magical? Is that what the treasure is? What are you buying? <laughs> Lucky 13. Ooh, that's great. That's over uh, the 10 threshold. And that's a success for you. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, what were you looking for? Were you trying to focus on, were you trying to exert your will above the people around you to find? So I was exerting my will to above the people around me to find the artifact we are looking for, or if that might be a bit too out of range, uh, <laughs> then I, I guess something that will help us on our quest, like maybe there's a key or a lever sure. or... I'm going to go with the first thing you said, because it focuses mm-hmm. on very specific thoughts. Okay. So I think like you were like, I want to find the thing we need, or maybe this thing, or maybe another thing. Like right. with the 13, I think it, it kind of shows like it, it took a second for it to focus down. Um, but yeah, I think you can, uh, you find a way it's, uh, it's not gonna be safe. There's lots of like strange squiggle marks. Like it's every other time you try to refocus this thing or like every day it settles to a new language. And right now you just have the pictorials to go off. There are some scratch writing, but it's 
it's not quite clear what it is. It's like a different hand draws it every day. Mm. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask you, how long do you travel before getting to the doors before the chamber? Uh, I'm going to say we take about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Very close. It's right nearby. Yeah. You didn't even, like, you probably could have found it on your own just wandering around. <laughs> it's like a mall. You're like, where's the sunglasses hut? And you're standing in front of it. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big citadel. You know, it's it's kind of a, kind <laughs> yeah. of a good thing that, uh, that uh, I brought us back here, huh? You know, we're, we're that close. Mm-hmm. It was perhaps it was even leading us here in the first place. And with your powers combined, you'll find the thing. <laughs> the thing. Yeah. It leads you back from the secret hallway back out into a more populous area. You have to go through some tapestry rooms. At one point, you hear the... Uh, Again, as the uh, the current residents of the Citadel are on the hunt for you, it has been alerted. Luke, mm-hmm. Irv, what's a close call that almost gets you caught? You managed to get out of it. So I think that as we are like going through the hallway, there is a window connected to the outside of the Citadel. Mm-hmm. And a bird just kind of flies in, looks at all of us, and then lets out a loud ah! <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is incredibly lucky mm-hmm. because the creatures of the Citadel are terrified of this bird because it sounds just like a massive rook, something that would rend the city asunder, or at least give it a good run for the money. So you're about to be pounced on by many uh, skittering, chittering claws as they're about to come around the corner. And then this bird shrieked. <laughs> yep. Just like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there was silence. And then very quietly, the noise backed away. <laughs> and... After seeing the clear blue sky, it was probably one of the floor windows, bird landing by, and clear blue skies, and the bird flew away again. You made your way back and down a long spiral staircase with uh, every couple of floors, a hallway left on it. And you find yourselves within 10 minutes in front of massive geometric squares and rectangles and like glowing orbs and strange locations, a 15 foot high set of double doors, no visible doorknob. This, this is an ancient building. This is an ancient place. Perhaps there's some sort of mysterious thing, or maybe it's a push door. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery. It's a mystery door. It's a mystery door. I push the door. Well, I listen to make sure there's nothing on the other side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're against. Yeah. Uh, do I hear anything? No. Okay. Uh, then I just try pushing the door open. You push. Why don't you? You're uh, plus in strength. All right. Roll me with advantage. All right. Uh, th- do I roll twice or? Yes. Roll twice okay. and take the highest. All right. 12 and 19. Oh, 19 is very good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it does not beat the natural 20 I rolled just a second ago. <laughs> you push on the door and it. Even though these doors are massive, you have spent your life honing your body to the utmost peak of fitness. But the last couple of weeks, you've get like end the journey out here. You may have stopped for like a fast food kebab every once in a while more than you normally would have. You still have that dart sticking out of your leg. You know, pop that off. And it's, it's not, doesn't seem like it's a push door. You may... As you're trying to like push, trying to find like where to leverage on it, your hand does like slide across a shape that sort of goes in a little bit. Is it like a big indentation or like a handprint or something like that? It's like a little indentation. Okay. Like this thing is covered in geometric shape, like and like like lines that intercross and like jut and go right and then left and then up and over and just a massive like 
snarl of line work on this door. Okay. Somehow um, beautiful, but yeah. And at one place you find your hand does like sink in a little bit. I think Dust is going to take a, a real close look at this door, try to get a, a sense of, you know, if I've encountered anything like this before, if I'm sure. familiar with a mechanism that might be at play here. Yeah. I think you can tell me if you have or not. Yeah. Where have you encountered a door like this before? Underground, but halfway across the continent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was okay. (laughs) A completely different culture, a completely different nation Mm -hmm. that was also built on top of a chamber like this. Seems like a mystery for another day, but still familiar Mm -hmm. and a door that was sure puzzling before. And uh, maybe Dust wishes he could remember exactly how he got it to work last time. If he did. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Like, do you think you got it working? I think, I think Dust thinks back and then uh, says, Oh, I remember how I did this before and uh, takes out his potion of Ferris Bane. It's like, uh, is anyone going to object to a, a real brute force entry here. At this point, no. Jack's still catching his breath and is like, just kind of waves him on like, go ahead. Yeah, you really you really gave it a, a good shot. No. That one. Dust just full on baseball pitches this glass vial full of a powerful reagent that dissolves mm-hmm. any metal it contacts. Yeah. Square at the door. Absolutely. You throw it at the door and it like, it smashes and glass like ghost like scatters and spills and you notice the liquid has like kind of stuck to the metal a little bit it's a little more viscous than you would Mm -hmm. normally have and it begins to run down the patterning on the door and you notice that it's taking specific shapes you realize that the lines on the door were a maze of some sort and it begins to form a very rough very strange humanoid shape okay I, i don't remember this and then it sort of like trails together into a single stream and like by the time it hits the floor like it is in the door and where there had been a panel pushed in before was sort of like at the foot of this shape and as the liquid is sort of like sucked in to the door sort of like searching out metals you hear the and chunking of like things being dissolved inside the incredibly complex mechanisms of the door and pieces begin to go in and fall out and then like some pieces just like fall off the door and like scatter to the ground okay that that's what i was expecting yeah Yeah, as the door falls to pieces around you i don't think the door liked that uh, and through it you can see a massive room and what's amazing is that you can see it's a massive room because there is a thin beam of light and as we like go in through the door to this huge room there's a a ziggurat shaped form in the middle with a big staircase leading from the front door up uh like a pathway like 40 feet and then uh up very steep stairs and a small beam of light is shining through broken ceiling or something onto what at first you think is like the distance is messing with your head a little bit is perhaps a person standing there and you sort of like peer in a little and it's, it's a very dusty hazy room like the proportions would be very off and you realize it is a small rock man sort of in the design of the shape of the door that where the uh, outline had been ah Curious. Hello there. Your voice echoes through the empty chamber. Does the rock man respond? No. No. 
Irv kind of looks. Uh, all right, we uh, tried to be polite. I didn't. I I just did. I I said hello there to the Rockman. I I think we kind of passed the point of any of us being polite when I uh, broke the door. There's always a new chance. Not. I, I don't give too many folks who break my door in a second chance. Well, how many folks have broken your door? <gasps> Metaphorically. Mm, well, literally, uh, at least four, and metaphorically, plenty more than that. I mean, you forgave me that one time. I, I got really drunk. The ground shakes again. Dust falls through the stream of light shining on the figure. All right, well, uh, we should find if there's another door in here, maybe, or maybe we have to move the stone man. Maybe you want to melt that stone man, too. Stone man ain't what we're here for. Dr. Brody is <laughs> going to pick up that uh, that one dart that <laughs> that was pulled out of our companion real fast. Just kind of put that in the pocket for later. Mm-hmm. And everybody else is speaking and talking amongst themselves. Yeah. Going to make their way into the room. Absolutely. See what happens. Your friends are talking about perhaps... Things that got melted down previously in other adventures that weren't part of the deal. Mm-hmm. But you don't care about things. You care about people and taking care of folks. And right now you have to take care of yourself by figuring out what's in this room. Exactly. Precisely. And if this rock man is perhaps organic, maybe we could do something interesting. And if it's not, eh, melt it down. So far away. How could you even know what he's made of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just has a matte texture. Yeah, yeah. Precisely, precisely. Yeah, yeah. You go in and... You creep along. This is a this is a huge chamber. I would know. I know forty feet is like my. This is a big space space, but mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. Uh, forty feet to the bottom of the stairs, and then they go up another couple of stories. So it's quite a big. Yeah, room. it goes out. Like this room is a hundred feet tall mm-hmm. if it's a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and so it, it it it's a lot of stairs. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. It's quite a lot of stairs. Yeah. But as I go down and eventually up these stairs, is it, does this rock person appear any more alive or moving? Roll me a... So what are you... T- you're trying to discern life mm-hmm. and the care for creatures. Normally, I would ask for heart. But we know that's not really <laughs> how you quantify life. So why don't you roll me a mind check as you try to decipher this person's things person's physical abilities and current consciousness exactly exactly more more practical application so that is a 16 all right that's pretty good a couple of things strike you as you're coming up the stairs maybe because you you always have a hard hard time focusing on things that aren't like just one specifically you hyper focus on stuff yes so when you're you don't have ADHD. I don't. No one. No one here has that. Um, and you realize that this this chamber might not be exactly what you thought it was because as you go up the stairs, that start off like you got to take big steps, pick it up, and then you got to take normal steps. And as you're approaching this figure, you realize that it's sort of this room plays with your perspective a little bit. And as you're getting closer to this figure, you're climbing. You notice the room wasn't quite square. It's sort of like turned inwards Hmm. to make it seem taller than it was because these stairs are getting shorter and by the time you get to this figure who you thought was three feet tall maybe you know just a smallish figure you realize that through optical illusion this figure is actually about eight inches tall Ah. and the stairs you're on you sort of like lean over the last few because they're not actually 
you know, walkable. Doc, how'd you get so big? I'm practically, yeah. To, to the rest of you, they look huge. <laughs> Dr. Birdie, a massive doctor. <laughs> big time doctor. The most, most giant doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It appears that this room was playing on our minds and our eyes. This figure is actually only about eight inches tall, and I have not grown an inch. I mean, I'm sure if you wanted to, you could probably figure something out. Yes, well, for later study. I'm sure there's quite a few people who would appreciate a growth potion or two. However, or you could just take him to this room and convince him that you made him bigger. Be a bit of a hassle to get us all the way down here just for that sort of opportunity. It's all about the attitude. And I mean, I think some of them would think that it's worth it. Are you shouting this across the room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. This is how this conversation is going. We're just shouting at each other. As Dr. Birdie is <laughs> returning from the chamber. Or no, mm-hmm. I think... I think um, Dust is entering the chamber as okay. this conversation begins. Because the doctor has not removed the figure yet. Yeah. Well, I do think that they take some time to kind of examine the placeholder of this figure. Like, does it seem perhaps obviously trapped? It is obviously trapped. You got a 16 earlier that got you two things. Um, <laughs> it is okay. incredibly obvious. Like, it's got like an inset area that moss is growing out of. Like, maybe when this was fresh and new. It looked clean enough, but... So I'm not the one grabbing it, but, you know... The light in the ceiling is actually a crack on the floor. Mm. Or, sorry, a crack, not a window. It is an unintentional beam of light. That wasn't meant to be there. It's kind of illuminating things that perhaps they didn't want us to see on first inspection. But is this our object? Is this our thing? Jack, what are you doing? Uh, Jack is consulting his map to see if there's anything else valuable within this chamber that might be either a bit more valuable or a bit less trapped. Uh... There is a there is a big shiny heart right where the doctor's standing. Does mm. that's its main goal? Okay. Are you all in the chamber? I think Irv is still staying out. Mm-hmm. You you want a person on the outside? Sure. Because if these places are trapped, well, you're better on the out having someone on the outside who can at least go for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I'm I'm gonna poke this uh, little uh, man with like the not with the, the the sharp point of my sword, but just like the the handle of it. Just give it a little nudge. Sure. Both of you won't fit on the staircase near okay. them at the same time, so one of you has to be closer. <laughs> Not asking any leading questions or saying any statements. That would be, that'd be silly. If if he's coming with his sword, Dr. Birdie will take a couple of steps back, let him have the stage to yeah. test things. Yeah. It's almost like ladder, like, at the top because of the way the perspective mm-hmm. and stairs are laid out. Mm-hmm. Not like as in there's, there's gas, but as in they're, they're very small stairs. Doc, I'd, I'd just go ahead and get off those stairs at this point. I, no sense in both of us plumbing in, well, both of you plumbing in to your dooms uh, should the worst happen. I suppose that is fair enough. I'll take a, a bit more of a step back. Not all the way, but so, yeah, give give a little bit more room. All right. So where is everyone standing? Irv's outside the door, poking their head in. I'm in the chamber. Dust in the chamber, standing next to Doctor. Mm-hmm. And Doc, I believe, would be standing at the bottom of the, the dip and then the upward part of the stairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the bottom of the valley, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Jack, you want to you want to give it a poke? Yeah, I'm giving it a little poke. Yeah, a little poke? Yeah. Using your uh, sword to give it a poke? Yeah, Jeff, just give it a little to poke. Sure, let me just, uh, just do a little. Ooh, ah, those are mixed results. <laughs> Uh-oh. So I think what happens is this. There's been a rumbling for ages. Not since you got down here. 
but for a bin. And as you poke the figure, yes, Luke, I agree. Uh, as you poke the figure, it's sort of, it. it's sort of adhered to its spot by the moss. So like little tiny vines are growing up. This is where the sun comes in. So there's going to be plants here. Give it a bit more heart of a shove. And then you sort of get a little frustrated and jam it into the torso of this creature whose crystals in their eyes light up and they grab the hilt of your sword and they sort of like rotate their head around and look at you and a crackly, distorted, almost you wouldn't know this, but electric noise voice from far away comes in. And it's hard to know. You've been around, though. you So you get some languages. And you, you understand something about register. And it's sort of staring you in the eyes, holding onto your sword. Heels still in place, like in the spot where it was. What do you do? Hmm. Something about register. Uh, I am going to... I'm going to call back to my homies and be like, hey, any of you guys know anything about a register? Perhaps it is asking you to register for something. I had a register in my clients and buyers. I don't, it's a list. It's a, it's a log register. Hmm. Okay. Maybe you need to add yourself to it, the, the register. Possibly. You know, nothing ever bad happens from uh, speaking your true name to a, to a dark entity. I thought we had agreed never do that. Again. Yeah, that's true. All right. Um, hmm. Do any of you guys have a piece of cloth? <laughs> it repeats itself again. Dr. Birdie potentially does, has bandages, which would be pieces of cloth, so. All right. I am then going to grab the bandages and get a hold of this uh, lizard. I'm uh, sorry, not lizard. Yeah. So you're, you're holding your sheath with the sword in it and you have bandages in your other hand and this stone man on the end near the hilt. Yes. How are you getting a hold of them? I think I just like, okay. So the thing I'm going to do is I'm tying like a little loop around the edge of the sword and just try to hook it through that. Do you let go of your sword to do that? Um, briefly. Okay. As you let go of the sword, you holding on to it and it pulling on it to stay is this very small creature. And, and the sword sort of levers forward back towards the stairs and the creature is rocked forward and still clinging to the sword handle, scatters down the stairs, released from its bonds, falling down the stairs, bouncing along as it goes, still holding onto the sword. And you at the top are able to see it. It looks, it's sad. It's not great. <laughs> it hit a couple of them hard. And then you look back to the little stand and there is a rune where its feet were. And there is a flash of bright blue light that radiates out from it. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going to stop. Should have just <gasps> said your name. <laughs> yeah. And that's part one. <laughs> Join us next two weeks from now. <laughs> next fortnight for part two. It's going to be so poggers, y'all. <laughs> I know it won't. It won't put out.
You've been listening to RPG Pals Club. I'm Luke, your Game Master. You can find this podcast at RPGPals.club or on our Twitter, which is RPG Pals Club. We hope that you have enjoyed this return to Waterdeep Dragon Heist as we are getting close to the end of Gary's vision. <laughs> it's only taken us uh, 56 episodes. No, 57. Yeah, 56 or so episodes to uh, get to the big finale. 10 days and 56 episodes. Yeah. So look forward to uh, what is coming up in the uh, future. I'm curious to uh, whatever it is. More Mm -hmm. guns. We all get a gun. (laughs) It's just Shadowrun now. Campaign two. We get guns. (laughs) (laughs) Even Barry. Uh, I have plans and thoughts. All right. uh, Yeah. So look forward to that. Leave us reviews. You you know the whole spiel. It means a lot. Also, like if you enjoy the podcast, let us know on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I Luke, your game master, can be found on Twitter at, at @coltrek. That's K O L T R E G. I have a bunch of podcasts that are wrapped up, but also like the Exiled Annual is coming up soon. I did a fallout columbus set podcast where sounds like that is also going to get a new game plus style sequel to it and uh yeah follow me on twitter at at coltrag and check out all the shit that i do i'm sam you can find me on twitter at frunding underscore loom f-r-o-o-n-d-i-n-g underscore l double o-m and that's all i got to plug i'm madison i've been playing Koyos. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at QuipsterRikuru, Rikuru spelled R-I-K-U-R-U. Uh, and pretty much everything uh, I do will be linked through there. So, you know, it's a hub of sorts. Have fun. I've been Eric, a.k.a. Rhythm Bastard. You can find me on my website, rhythmbastard.rocks. Rock so hard, I had to put it in the URL. You can also support me monthly by going to my Patreon at patreon.com slash rhythmbastard. Uh, I record new music. I record covers and hopefully a visual novel that's going to act as sort of a prequel to uh, this little campaign we've been doing. You can also support me by going to my Bandcamp page at rhythmbaster.bandcamp.com or on my Threadless store at shop.rhythmbaster.rocks. I'm Gina Dazer. I'm on Twitter occasionally at adazer, A-D-A-S-E-R. I'm working on some pretty big projects right now, but uh, mostly in the physical space. Look forward to those in the future. And just... Take care of yourselves, show care for yourselves and others, and have some cocoa. This is season. Uh, hi, I'm Sahoni. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sahoni underscore stuff. That's S-A-H-O-N-I underscore stuff, uh, where you can talk, uh, see me talk about uh, my other podcast, uh, Barking Points Memo, which is a semi-weekly uh, current events comedy podcast where we look at the news and scream, but in a funny way. You can also uh, find links to my shop, bramblewolfgames.itch.io, because my game is finally launched. That's right. You can go get Exceptionals, a game about community, activism, and kinetic I-beams right now. It's been selling pretty well. Uh, I'm currently working on a setting book for it with some extra protocols uh, for more character options, uh, which you can support the uh, development of on my Patreon, which is Bramble Wolf Games on uh, Patreon. You know, uh, I have community copies. If you are uh, a marginalized person or a poor person who, for whom the 15 bucks is, uh, would be too much of a burden for, 
uh, and you can even sponsor extra uh, community copies through tips and uh, support on my Patreon. And uh, yeah, that kind of wraps things up. Thank you. Uh, welcome back to the entire party being together. Thank you again to Jen Overstreet for stepping in uh, on the previous arc. And keep an eye out. Keep healthy. Keep safe. Keep happy as much as possible. And thank you for listening. Catch you on the flip mode. Bye. 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 <laughs>